You know the vibes. Welcome back to another episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast brought to you by NBA 2K23. I am myself, Mamutsi, and alongside me today, BJ Armstrong's not here. He was going to join because he wanted to laugh at the Celtics, but they won. So instead, I'm joined by an esteemed member of the Hoop Genius family, my longtime mentor, close friend, and one of the best basketball trainers in the world, Mr. C.T. Christopher Thomas of World Domination Basketball. Chris, how you doing? Hey, yo. Thanks for having me, bro, bro. Oh, man, it's all love. It's all love. I mean, the real OG listeners will remember when you and I used to have our Mind Games podcast, which was a sports psychology show that we used to do many, yep. many years ago. And uh, it, was, <laughs> yeah. it laid the path for, you know, my route into podcasting. We're doing all of this. But uh, Chris works with a bunch of NBA players, high school players, college players at every level. And if you want to learn from the best, you can reach out to him. I'll put his details in the description of the show so you can reach out to CT and get some coaching from the highest level. I'm not going to tell you which NBA players he works out, but just know. Ah. Just know. Oh, oh, ones that work hard. But yeah, I, there I we got go. seven-year-olds that <laughs> they work hard. So. <laughs> They'd be putting the pros to shame, huh? Yeah. They well, still got that desire. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. Well, we saw desire from Joel Embiid. You know, he just won MVP yesterday mm. and decided today that he was going to play in game two between the Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers. However, it didn't go to plan. The Celtics with a huge 121-87 win against Philly, who stole game one in Boston. Uh, I think it's the first mm. time the Celtics have held an opponent to under 90 points all season long. And Boston really caught fire from behind the arc. They caught, they caught so much fire from behind the arc they were 20 or 51 from three to the point where Jason Tatum didn't even need to play 20 minutes. He finished the game with seven well, points. I, I saw the box score and it looked like everybody had a three oh, from, oh, for, from the bench. So so BJ rang me. He goes, I've been in meetings all day. I ain't see the game. Is, is Tatum injured? Is he hurt? What happened mm -hmm. to him? I said, nah, man, we blew them mm -hmm. out. <laughs> not needed. He's on, he's he, on ice. He did get into foul trouble. So he had four fouls quite early on and two of them being charges. Um, the two... Charges were the Celtics' only turnovers in the first half. They finished a the game with six turnovers, which is a sore point for the Celtics, as we saw in the finals last year. It was really their undoing, the amount of times that they turn over the ball. CZ, let me ask you this from, from your coaching perspective. In terms of turnovers, because the Celtics are a team, when they turn the ball over 14 or more times, they'll lose the game. If they keep it under that, then they typically win. Is there anything more to it than just telling the guys to focus and lock in? What's the mindset behind the unforced errors that teams yeah. generate? Good question. And it's it's a quandary because these are pros and they got two of the best pros that turn the baller turn 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 the ball over with the best of them. So it's when you watch the Celtics and you watch enough basketball, um, but especially NBA basketball, you, you see them in particular turn the ball over. It's like what is happening? I know you do dribble drills. I, I know you do. You work on your game, and then you get in game, and you know you got the cough syndrome. <laughs> like that's not. It just doesn't equate. One plus one doesn't equal two with many of the teams in the NBA last couple seasons, but especially this season. Well, you actually FaceTimed me after the Celtics lost game one, just so you could laugh at my reaction <laughs> to that game. I've got to let the people know. But but the conversation we had on, on the phone then, I said, I want to see Tatum and Brown attacking more from kind of a mid-post area rather than trying to start on the three-point line and dribble it. Is that something that you think they could implement to try and reduce some of these turnovers? That, and I think it's just, 
they they try to do the your turn, my turn, do too much, and just play basketball. They're, you know, every team is better. Move the ball, move you, get a better shot from a good shot. Every team is better like that. We we saw a lot of that, um, and a lot of that started on defense. You know, so the Celtics play the drop coverage, but today their bigs weren't dropping so low as they were mm-hmm. in game one. Um, and That's called got, real defense. Yeah, there we go. What did that take you? What did that take you during the game? Right, but funny how when you actually play real basketball, you got real pride on defense. You you got real aggression on offense to get it or get rid of it. Then hmm, these NBA teams, they guys go up twenty like water. Yep. All of a sudden, they can't miss shots. All of a sudden, they you know plays look like oh dang oh dang crazy how that happens right. What did you think of the Sixers' decision to get Joel Embiid in the game today? For me, I think that they were just trying to get him to shake off the rust tonight because they've already stolen one game on the road. They weren't too fussed. And then he'll be ready for game three. Do you think that was a wise decision, you know, risking him with his LCL tear or whatever it might be in his knee? Yeah, I. that's called practice. Um, but You can't, we can't say a... practice to Sixers superstars. AI yeah, already told but you. It... <laughs> yeah, right. practice, but it's and you know I'm big on the mindset and the mindfulness and the mentality uh, and the psychosis of being a warrior, being an elite. They shouldn't have played him tonight. He shouldn't have won to play tonight. He's going to go home in Philly. They haven't had a game forever at home. He's going to get presented the trophy. The trophy. He's been covered in this for years, so. That energy, that adrenaline, that vibe, he would have looked a whole lot better coming back off this than tonight, where it's like, yeah, you probably could have saved all that energy and all that drama. Yeah, because tonight is In like, my opinion. It, tonight is like, okay, we blew you out and we get Embiid was coming back from an injury, but Jason Tatum only scored seven points and we still blew you out. So... Apples and oranges there, right? But, but speaking Celtics of the... Celtics got the... But I, I just say they gave Celtics the mental advantage, the competitive advantage. It's like, look, your MVP came back. Look what happened. And our MVP didn't even have to do. <laughs> he was like, chilling. No. <laughs> Let me ask you this, though, from yeah. a mentality standpoint. The James Harden we saw tonight, compared to the James Harden we saw in game one, who hit the game winner with 45 points. Tonight, James Harden was two of 14 from the field, zero from six from downtown, 12 points in the game, a minus 21. He typically struggles in game two throughout the series, but when Embiid is on the court, he just looks like a different player. What's the deal? Because you'd think tonight, Embiid's coming back, he'd be like, okay, cool. I'm just going to block some shots on defense, and then you handle the offense until it's the fourth quarter and I'll take over. But he just looked like a shell of himself. Well, one, he wasn't able to go to Vegas <laughs> overnight. <laughs> but then I also think that, you know, truthfully, James Harden is best being James Harden. You know, and, and he's done a good job playing his role, doing his deal, but he's a shell of himself until 45 points later, first game. It was like, yeah, bruh, bruh, do that. They need you to do that. But Everybody wants to make sure Embiid is so comfy that everybody, even Maxi, like he's got a super hyper speed. And then when Embiid on the floor, he slows down to a normal speed. So it's just 
And it's unfortunate that, you know, Embiid's so great that he's got so much gravity, but it's like, come on, everybody. Do you, and then we all eat. Mm-hmm. Well, we saw, like, you know, the offense in terms of the ball movement for Philly and the kind of looks they were generating <clears throat> was not as fluid as it was in game one. Obviously, Embiid having the ball, he's going to go into his isolations. He's going to try and get himself going, but it just it just wasn't the same. One thing I noticed with this, uh, the disparity in the three-point shooting, the reason why the Celtics got off so many threes, um, in a previous game, obviously, they were attacking the paint a lot there was no Embiid inside. Tonight, Embiid did do a great job protecting the hoop, right? He finished with five blocks, some great, you know, coming off an injury to be able to block shots like that was fantastic. But him being a presence on the inside, given that the Celtics basically play five out unless Rob Williams is on the floor, and even then they've experimented <laughs> with some five-out stuff, the Celtics are always going to be able to generate an open look from the three-point line if they really want to. Otherwise, Embiid is going to be running two and forth the paint to the three-point line. Damn, bro. Like, yeah, this ain't 2K. <laughs> both spots. Pick one, and he, you know, he's got to pick. He's got to conserve that energy on defense because he they need his offense. You gonna if you're gonna protect that rim, you're gonna give up threes. If you're gonna step out to the perimeter and, and try to do all that, then it's gonna be a layup contest. Like pick your poison. Conversely, you know the Celtics they didn't give up much. From the three-point line, Philly went six of thirty, and the Celtics didn't give up much on the inside either. Great ball pressure, great denials. Um, the Celtics can do that with their defense if they're locked in. How can you make sure that they're locked in every night? Because we saw it last year throughout their run in the Eastern Conference. They will look awful until there's a lot of pressure, and then yeah. suddenly it's like, okay, cool, we know how to defend again. How do you, how do you manage that from working with players? Starts with smart. Like he's he's their head of the snake defensively speaking. So now you got to make sure that shoulders are right because he's oh, going to wow. be playing yeah. tentative, and that's not going to work for them. You know, he's not a good player playing cautionary tentative. Like he goes all out, balls out, or nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it just starts with you know they got to understand what's at stake. You know their last couple playoff runs haven't. Ended well, and and you know the the progress that Tatum and and Brown was supposed to be made as superstars, it culminates to get to the finals, get to the championship. Like yo, what are we doing? What are we talking about? Mm-hmm. So they got they got a lot of soul searching to do. But <clears throat> the good thing about this season is that there's so much drama. There's so many storylines that. <laughs> It's such a beautiful thing if you really love basketball and can get past the the marketing, the entertainment value, and just get down to, okay, this is what boys do. Let's go. Yes, sir. Well, let's talk about tonight's game then. You know, coming up, the Lakers and the Warriors, because that game one, that was beautiful. And I'm I'm hoping mm. we get seven games of it. What was your takeaways from game one? Because I don't think you and I have spoke about that one yet. No, nah, we didn't. And it was kind of pay-per-view better than expected like mm-hmm. if i'm gonna sit here and watch if i'm gonna not answer touch my phone that's why we didn't talk because i was not touching my phone <laughs> <They were laughs> i don't blame you like, no, i don't blame no, you no I'm, I'm locked in i'm seeing i'm watching history i'm watching legacy i'm watching high level and it was beautiful and it was competitive and the only thing i didn't like it didn't get chippy enough like they 
they give them too much respect to each other. They they like, were grown up now. Yo. Yeah, they're all <laughs> they're old like, heads yeah, now. Too much energy. That's, that's too Draymond much is best friends with LeBron now. I'm back in 2016. <laughs> they hate each other. Like, come on, guys. Come on, guys. We gotta see someone no, get into but, it. I want to see yeah, Austin Reeves but, and Dante DiVincenzo getting into it with each other or something. I mean, <laughs> that's what it's coming to. <laughs> it, it, right. That's what it'll, it, it'll be something like that. But it, the, the game one was as expected. I think the Lakers should feel good, but I think Golden State's one of them. They're in that mode of, eh, we don't mind because we prove we can hit this 14 piece on you and walk you down. In two minutes, we we figured out uh, what you're gonna try to do with Jordan Poole uh, on the court, da da da. And I think Steph ain't having that going forward. Well, the big talking point after game one was that final shot from Jordan Poole. What was your? Because I know you trained a lot of guards, a lot of shooting guards, a lot of point guards in the NBA. What was your take on that shot for Jordan to take that? Because it is very hard for a team to generate a clean look from three with less than 10 seconds to go in a game. No, it's not. That, that, that's called NBA. That Eight seconds in the NBA is a lot of time. I mean, so so basketball traditionalists, that's a bad shot. But then again, every shot, almost every shot, Steph Curry takes is a bad shot, except for he's a shot guy. So Ooh. it's like, yeah. Um, so, so I say... That traditionally that's a bad shot, except for it wasn't like he Jordan Poole had not hit some tough. He, he threes was six of ten game. on some wild threes. all game, all game. So it's like that's not out of the ordinary. He had a clean look at it. No one ran out, of course. Why would they? Um, you know, the good part, like he shot with enough time, they should have just crashed that board more. But I, I would have rather seen Draymond. Drive to the middle, kick out, seal, and pop back out to Steph and give her that double. Like I, I'd rather see you know Claire yeah. Steph in that one. I feel I think I think more in terms of a clean look is if they had called a timeout, for example, the defense then has a chance to get set. Whereas Paul being wide open, he was in that exact same spot where he hit a buzzer beater <laughs> to end. I think the third quarter against the Celtics in the finals last year. I think with yes. Paul taking that, you live. If Kaminga's taking that shot. Or Wiggins or Moot, you you're gonna be mad, but Paul's on fire. I mean, I'm not too mad at the shot. Yeah, right? that's the NBA yeah, that, that we watch now. But but at that moment, it's there's a reason why you're wide open, and he <laughs> just didn't read that. You know that, and he was he's a different dude. So yeah. I applaud him for having that much confidence to take that shot, but that wasn't his shot. Well, they're gonna to have to regroup. What adjustments do you think they're gonna make going into game two here? Given that they've given up home court advantage already, they can't go down 0-2 at home. Yeah. Uh I think both teams it's gonna be a game by game situation. For the Lakers, it depends on AD. Like AD typically is high and then low, and then high, and then low, and then gets hurt. And LeBron. AD played 44 minutes in that first game. LeBron uh, played 40 minutes. Like, bro, bro. <laughs> I don't know how you go through seven games doing that. <laughs> I mean, it's a risky strategy. But, 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 but the, you know, Golden State did the same, running yep. their guys through heavy minutes. So it's like, okay, I, I just, I can trust that Steph Curry's in shape enough 
that play multiple games like that at that level. Whereas I don't know if the Lakers are in shape enough to play that heavy minutes. In particular, AD is it just one off day, one off day, and then you're going to go. It's tough, and it's not like you know some guys can play heavy minutes, right? But they're not always intensive minutes, right? If if you see what I'm saying, right? So like Jordan Poole's minutes on the court, if he plays 40 minutes. That's very different to Anthony Davis playing four minutes because Anthony Davis, yeah, he's he's having to protect the paint, contest shots, block shots, then fight with Kavon Looney, the best offensive rebounder in the NBA, for every single rebound on both sides of the oh, court. Oh, they went head to head. And both had twenty plus exactly. And then he's the offense is running through him on the other side. Like LeBron was nine of twenty four. He finished with yeah. twenty two points. He was one from eight from three. He's been horrendous shooting threes in the playoffs so far. He had four turnovers. So everything's going through Anthony Davis. So mm. he's involved in the actions on defense. He's involved in the actions on offense. So it's not like he's a role player playing high minutes. Everything's going through him. Now, oh, bro, bro, they need him to be AD MVP in quotes. Mm. Air quotes at best, but and he's Every, not trustworthy like that. Every single time. This is why I never have him high in my rankings because every single time people tell me, oh, he's the best defender in the NBA. Oh, he's top five in the NBA. He's the best big man in the NBA. You see it for like three or four games and then the wheels just fall off. So like, how are they going to do this? Because they barely won with him playing the game of his life. to, To his credit, he's had his longest stretch, almost 20 games. Next game will be 20 games straight played. Clap, clap. Like, God love him. He hadn't done that in a minute. Mm-hmm. Probably since New Orleans, if I actually did the research. But so, you know, he started the season, preseason, saying he wants to play a high amount of games and, and you know, was talking that talk. Hmm. Now it's time, like, man, piss or get off the pie, bro, bro, because it's championship or bust. Like, you ain't supposed to be here. Yeah. Like the Lakers, let alone Golden State. <laughs> it, if you call it right, but the, the regular season means nothing. <laughs> and you really look at it for uh, these guys. Like this is what with the sixth and the seventh uh, seed going head to head in the most viewed second round series ever on cable television. This, that that game say one that. right? Say that. Second, it's so this is second round, bro, bro. Like second this, round, we get this second round matchup, I put to you, will generate more TV viewers than the Western Commerce Finals will. Uh, depending on who ends, who ends up there. Yeah. Well, I, I'm assuming Denver. I'm, yeah, assu- I'm I, assuming I hope, Denver. I would hope, but let the Suns mess around and get a KD Booker, Flash Brothers. I mean, Chris up. Paul ain't gonna be there. So first of all, who are you bringing in? Uh, hey, wait, who? Who in the playoffs? <laughs> <laughs> Chris, Chris Paul wouldn't have been there even if he was there. <laughs> hey, bro, bro, he grabbed his groin. I was like, oh, uh, right on time. Every God, year. Least. Every year, Chris Paul. It's Duh. the same with Embiid. Every Duh. year, you get to the playoffs, you're too worn out, and and this happens. Um, you know, just before we move on to talk about our Sun Series, because I want to get your perspective on it. Um, the For the Warriors, the, the one thing, I know Steph Curry is Steph Curry, and he's going to be amazing. But he did struggle a little bit when Jared Vanderbilt was guarding him. What can he do when he's being guarded by a much bigger and stronger guy that can keep up with him in terms of quickness? What adjustments can he make to his game? Uh, he'll run around more. Uh, and they got to put, unfortunately, they got to put the right people on the floor that understand Steph does all that running and passing off. 
get the ball back to that dude. Mm-hmm. And and with certain match, certain lineups, some guys don't understand. They like, I got a free shot though. I can Are we see talking about Jordan and they don't. <laughs> oh yeah, about that. I said too much. Yeah. So, <laughs> but I I just think Steph's gonna be Steph. Like that ain't new. Like he's had everything. Like you know, and, and Vanderbilt is a dog. I like this kid. Like, and he's good. But bro, Steph is Steph. Like when he steps that thing up, it don't matter who is on him. You saw funny. I put it on my Instagram. But, you know, LeBron walking him to the bench. That was mm. hilarious. He's got him all the way. But to just make sure he checks out and sits down, he's out the game for you. Leave his hip. So I, I, I don't put any. Hey, Vanderbilt, the Steph stopper. Just like when people were talking about, you know. So and so is the Jordan stopper. Like, there's no Jordan stopper. The, the only Jordan nope. stopper is that Mike gets disinterested. I mean, it's, what always makes me laugh is when they gave Iguodala the Finals MVP for for stopping uh, LeBron, but LeBron still averaged like 28 or whatever it was, and seven and seven. <laughs> like, okay, you stopped him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but let's, did you? <laughs> let's let's talk about this Phoenix series because you went out to Serbia mm. right last summer for Embiid's uh, not Embiid Jokic's MVP celebrations no i supposed to i did not okay I did not. I'm, I'm sorry i missed it because that's my guy like, yeah so so talk to me about this series you know like because everyone's thing before like we all questioned denver's defense right and we all said with kevin durant and devin booker and even chris paul the ability to put him in screen roll action and get to those pull-up jump shots if he drops back or even if he goes to the level to be able to blow by and get to the bucket, we're two games into the series now and Phoenix are unable to do that, which is just proving once again, this is real life, not NBA 2K. So yeah, how have Denver been able to shut down the Phoenix Suns in your opinion? Well, one, they got the personnel back Uh, for a time. They gave all their defensive, everybody to the Timberwolves. Yeah. Uh, through trade or whatever happened, but but now they got personnel that can guard that perimeter and especially chase people off the three and get them to a contested pull up, which is KD's game, which is Booker's game, which is CP's game. So not only do they have the personnel, but then Jokic back there he grabs rebounds, mm-hmm. so you get one shot at it, and KD so far. Slow starts, very slow starts for him, which they can't afford. And then, you know, Booker will do his thing without CP. This gets interesting. Um, so I just think the Suns put themselves in a hole because Jokic, okay, you don't want him to score, so you let him pick you apart. And then you let him score, he's not picking you apart, but then he don't miss. He takes high percentage shots close to the basket. Or my favorite is where he's kind of standing on three-point line, looking at the defender, looking yeah. at him, and then he just throws the ball up and it goes in. He, like, you're just going to give it to me? Like, I was trying to pass, but since <laughs> your hands are down, I mean, like, I don't really want to take this, but why not? Yeah. Yeah, he's tough. So he, he puts the Suns in a, a predicament. Like, how you going to guard him now? Because he's had two games and beat you two different ways. I'm, I'm not being funny, yeah. but the Suns do have a number one draft pick who's picked ahead of Luka Doncic and Trey Young in DeAndre Ayton, who's supposed to be 
supposed mm. to be gone him. It feels like 2021, we look at it, DeAndre Ayan. Oh, this guy can be the third best center in the NBA after Embiid and Jokic. Two years later, he should have improved. However, it's, he just taken a step back. What's going on there? Uh, I, I don't think they believe in him. The team, the organization, his teammates. That's got a lot to do with it. He was trying to leave, remember? He's, you know, he was free to go. He's trying to leave. Yeah, Indiana. Pacers here. He's, he signed That's the offer with, with the Pacers. And, and, yeah, and the Suns you know, got their hand forced. But uh, I, I just don't think they utilize all that he offers. And then now with KD, it just sucks for him that there's one more gun. You <laughs> see it with Mikael Bridges, like – Mikael Bridges goes yeah. to Brooklyn and he averages 30 a mm. night, basically. Mm. Why were you not putting him in the positions to be able to contribute scoring-wise when he was in Phoenix? Because he didn't get traded and on the plane from Phoenix to Brooklyn learn how to Say score that. the basketball like that, right? Say you have that. the guy that everyone blasphemes and calls the point god in Chris Paul, who's supposed to have this super high basketball queue, puts everyone in the right position, You've got Devin Booker, who's an elite scorer, but they all say he can play the point as well, which I'm not too sure on, but we'll see that in game three. Um, why didn't they utilize Mikel Bridges more? Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Aiden went elsewhere and we saw his hunger come hey, back. Uh, and Hey, Mo, Mo, let's play the game. <laughs> Answer the question. I'm, I'm saying too cats much. Cats or dogs? <laughs> cats or dogs? Which one you like? Cats or I, dogs? I'll go with dogs. I'll go with dogs. Nike or Adi? Nike, oh, Nike or Adi? all day. Nike all day. Uh -huh. Pretty girls or, you know. You already girls. know the answer to that. <laughs> okay, so everybody has a bias. Yep. Even the point guy. And <laughs> Mikhail plays 47 and a half minutes a night. 82 games. hard on both ends. And, ah, young fella, keep playing hard. Mm. We, got the, we, we got others that can produce so they held him down, held him down. The best thing that happened to him, unfortunately for him, getting up out of there. I Cam Johnson as well. We saw what he did in the playoffs, even though they lost. We saw like the glimpses of what can be built there in Brooklyn now. So do you think that Phoenix have any chance of coming back in this series? Because it's it's not oh, looked good. It's not looked too good. Do you know my name? <laughs> KD. You know, you know who I am. Like they got KD, bro. Like KD, he's a win we know in who himself. He, he got swept last year yep. in the first round. Yep, but and we can put that down to Steve Nash's coaching year? and being with the and, Brooklyn Nets and and, and Kyrie and Irving. Whoa, 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 whoa! Stop right there. <laughs> but it. let it let it digest. I'll tell you what. Then. Okay, I'll, I'm ready back. I'll tell you what. I'd rather have Kyrie <laughs> on my team than Chris Paul in the playoff run. Hmm. Debatable, debatable, because when KD gets that thing going, you need to let KD get his thing going. Whether you're trying to play point guard, let me drive and kick to you, or let me give it to you and run to the corner and watch you do you. And I don't think Chris Paul, as good as he is, he wants control of that, that situation. Kyrie will try to match like, okay, let me give you a rest this time down. So, yeah, it, you know, it's, it's a hard spot for KD because it's like, fella, you, do you, know my, you know who I am. Let me do what I do, except for he's just good enough. 
he'll play real basketball. He'll make the passes. He'll make the – you see him playing defense now. It's like he's a baller, bro. That's all he wants mm. to do. He's a walking bucket. Walking <laughs> bucket. Like, mm. that's KD. So you think they've got a chance to turn this around, even with no contributions from their bench, no one able to contain Jokic. Well, like, like I told you, they, the Suns got the bigger guns. The Nuggets just got more people shooting. Mm. So it's it's like we'll see how shoot on the road. Yeah, but you know, but KD and Book can't help themselves. They they love that mid range. Yeah, they love getting to the rim. You're trading threes for two. Uh, That's easy math. I don't, they don't even get to the rim. Like Suns fans complain about the lack of free throws all year long. The Suns <laughs> are the team even before Kevin Durant got there that lived in the mid range. They don't put pressure oh, on the rim. Man. They did. You know, when Kevin Durant got there in the regular season and a little bit in the first yeah. round, but the last yeah. two games, they're not putting pressure on the basket. So they're not going downhill. They're just pulling up, which... Yeah, yeah. And they can't help themselves. Like, they they tried to shoot more threes last game, and that's out of their game. You know what I'm saying? Like, like KD's a pull-up monster. Booker, mid-range monster. Like, that's what they do. That's how they pick you apart. And now they got Denver that... They get it. It's like, let, let them fly. Mm-hmm. Well, the final final series I want to talk to you about while we've got you here and you're taking the time to join us is the Knicks and the Miami Heat. The uh, the image now that lives in my head from game two is even though the Knicks won a very close game, despite the Heat missing Jimmy Butler, Victor Oladipo, Tyler Hero, and Max Struess even went off with an injury for a bit, is Jimmy Butler looking at the Madison Square Garden crowd, shaking his head and laughing to himself. Then boys in trouble mm. when they get back to Miami. Mm, and when they go back to New York, <laughs> we said he and five Jimmy Butler playing, bro. Like Jimmy Butler playing, and he embraces that feel. Like it wasn't, a, and and that's why I feel Embiid should have been like tonight. Like go ahead, take the loss. It, it ain't, you're not expected to win this game, and smell all that, hear all that, mm-hmm. feel all that energy, and then yep. Go home, handle your business, come back on the road, and take care of your business. And I think Jimmy Butler's that dude. Like he, he, you know, he's a scientist out there. Mm-hmm. He's he just wills his team to victory each and every time. Like mm-hmm. there's there's not really a scientific way to explain what he does. He just wants to win more than everyone. He's else. a baller, bro. But, he's a baller. He's a hooper. He's a baller. He, you know, he's a gym rat, like whatever the term is, or someone that just whatever it's going to take, let's go. Yep. Well, if you guys at home listening to this feel like you are someone who will do whatever it takes to succeed and you want to improve your game, CT, where can the people reach out to you? Where can they holler at you? Social media, where's best to find you? Yeah, uh, probably best. Um, I, I gave up my Twitter. Leave it at that. Let's just leave that. <laughs> I got Instagram. Uh, I'm at Instagram, the number one, and then World Dominator. Yeah. Uh, at number one, World Dominator is where you can find me. No, I don't post much of my training content. Uh, I'm kind of non believer in social media. So I try to repost stuff that makes me laugh or cry or feel some type of way or I, I try to post my daughter most of the time. CT, you're but, right. Uh, you're right at home here because BJ hates Instagram training videos too. 
<laughs> I just, you know, I, I can't control the attitude that you watch one of my training exercises in. Mm. And if I can't control that, you mess around, roll your ankle, jam your finger, or miss eight shots in a row, trying to use my technique. Then all of a sudden, I'm a bad trainer. I never met you. Mm-hmm. You got to get it got direct the from the source. Yeah, just it's just one of those things. It's like, yeah, if you want real, then come get real or get a hold of me. I fly all over. I'm a million mile over Delta. I go. <laughs> if it makes CT's sense, everywhere. I mean, I mean, let me tell you guys. The first time I met CT, we were in Barcelona with Ray Allen doing a camp over there for the top prospects in Europe. Some of whom are in the NBA now today, which was a uh, camp. Yep. Yeah, real long time ago now, huh? Yeah. I was just yeah. that was my first ever presenting gig when you met me there and I was hosting the camp for Jordan. Yes. And now yep. now look at me. Now, now look at me. Look at him. Just look at him. Show, show them Jordan boxes back there. Boy, boy. Hey man, little little sponsorship deal. <laughs> you know, a little sponsorship that we came up. But but oh. CT man, appreciate your time. Appreciate you joining us, man. It's all love. Hey, Definitely need to get you back all on the show. We've got to get you back on when BJ's here as well, because I know you guys are cool as well. So I appreciate you. Uh, I I can respect all people that love and know basketball much like yourself. Uh, Uh, I I truly appreciate that. So carry on, bro. Carry on, man. It's all love. All my best wishes. I appreciate you, man. Everyone at home, make sure you subscribe to the show. Go show CT some love on his Instagram. Hit him up if you need training. Most importantly, get buckets.